It's a positive film. It has heroes and villains, and uh, that it essentially uh, is a fun movie to watch. It's been a long time since people have been able to go to the movies and see a sort of straightforward, wholesome, fun adventure. Well, it's a fantasy. It's not science fiction so much as it is space fantasy, and it's about people. It's about. It's finally about people and not finally about science. The story, when you actually put it into words, is only so much nonsense to hang a great visual experience onto. It's the stuff that fairy tales are made of. Sort of boiling down religion into a very basic concept: uh, the fact that there is some deity or some power or some force. That sort of controls our destiny,、uh, works for good and also works for evil. Marvelous, healthy innocence, great taste, wonderful to look at, full of guts, nothing unpleasant. I mean, people go bang bang and people fall over and dead, but you know, no horrors. A sort of wonderful freshness about it, a kind of like a wonderful fresh air. It's got whatever you want it to be. It's a, it's pure entertainment. It's like a roller coaster ride, and it can be interpreted as long as you enjoy it, which is the intention. Hello, welcome to the Diecast. This is a six-part series all about Star Wars Diecast toys here on Generation Skywalker. Over the next six months, we will bring you six shows delving into the world of the micro collection. The underrated West End games, micro machines, amongst many other things. But starting here in episode one, we of course have to start with the vintage diecast ships. And who else will I get to join us? Is our good friend Andrew Norton, a diecast fanatic, a focus collector, and the man behind the great website resource VintageStarWarsDiecast.co.uk. Good evening, Andy. Evening, Stu. What a welcome! Thanks very much for that. Oh, we're always good with diecast. I've spoken to you over the years on Vintage Rebellion around diecast, and you've always promised me a book, which I still. I don't think is any nearer being published. No, it's、um, it's going to be an appendix to the vintage saga. I've、uh, <laughs> come out with agreement with those guys. Now, I would I would absolutely love to do one. I really would. And I've actually talked to various people about the,、uh, the processes behind it. But the the thing holding me back really is is the photos. So then, I, for those books to look really good, you need a standardised photo. And there's a I've got a lot of diecast, but there's a few key bits which I don't own. So I'd either need to pop round someone's house. I can get a photo of them in the same style as the rest of them, and unfortunately, I think most of those items are far overseas, either in Australia or Canada. So,、uh, an expensive、uh, start to making the book, but I wonder, you never know. What's your space? Now, this isn't going to be、uh, an interview where we look at Andy's collection. No doubt, we'll venture down that line one day in the future. But this show is to take you through the world of vintage Star Wars diecast. So it's more of a, a guide for these toys rather than us focusing on you tonight, Andy. That's fine. Yep.、Yeah. Now the diecast range lasted between 1978 to 1980. Correct. Probably, well, almost certainly, run after 1980. But they weren't making any new ones after 1980. So you、yeah. can still you can still get it in the shops. Still pick、that. it up. And they released just 11 diecast ships in that time. Now, what I want to ask you first of all, Andy, you know, you'd have done more research than most into this. Why was the line so brief and such limited number? 
So I've given a lot of thought to that. I think it's a scale issue. It's a little bit like the 12 inch line. The three and three quarter inch toys are so popular that ships work, ships are relatively affordable, figures are cheap as anything back then, still pocket money, money. And then you've got this line of tiny spaceships that aren't even to scale with each other that mums and dads are being asked to, to kind of splash out on for their kids and speaking of someone who used to have some of these we, we we loved it and you know they worked we didn't have a lot of the big ships so they they worked with our three and three quarter inches but if you had a die cast x-wing and you got your luke skywalker you really want the, the bigger ship that's that's my view on it and then they realized sales sales weren't there so come 1980 let's let's not make any more i mean what's also interesting is that they are called collectibles the headers for the display bin say collector's edition on and it's almost like they're selling them to collectors at that stage rather than kids to play with uh yeah we see we see that today with um, other toys that say say that on them and that are designed as toys so there might not be anything in that but just something that crossed my mind who who were these pitched at when they uh, when they're there back in the day the, the adverts are in catalogs with the other toys but were they actually aimed at are more, but more aimed at adults as well as children. Uh, unlike the uh, the three and three quarter line. Yeah, we had a couple as as children. We had the Falcon and the um, X Wing, and a lot of people I know kind of say when you speak to them, they had one or two. So they must have sold slightly, all right, wasn't they? I think so. And the fact there's so many around that if you go to any toy show now, there's always a land speeder missing its windscreen. That's that standard of any toy show, Star Wars or otherwise. And until recently, I was always seeing snow speeders and slave ones around as well, potentially missing parts there. So they must, they don't, don't seem to be any fewer of them than the figures around. I think they did did sell well, but I guess maybe the ones that I'm seeing at these toy shows aren't you know been there a long time. Unlike the figures, which which would get snapped up, they're pretty beaten, aren't they? When there is, yeah. it's difficult to find a what I would call a nice loose example. Generally, when you look for eBay and that, they're always pretty paint, pretty chipped, you know. Yeah, they take take a battering, particularly the um, cloud car. And the Imperial Cruiser, although a little bit of play where the Imperial Cruiser seems to add to it. But yeah, they just because they get chucked in your box of toy cars back in the day as well. So they're yeah, all bashing together around there. It's, it's a shame, but, um, but makes makes the hunt for a nice example all the better, though, doesn't it? What I want to do is we've got, we've got the 11 ships. I just want to go through the 11 ships because most of them had like a, what you call a little feature or, you know, what makes it play a bit playable or maybe a little bit of um, they might have a character sitting in it. So if I could just take you through each one. So the land speeder, this has got a what, what I think it was described as um, a floating ride, is it? Floating ride. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> essentially, it's got the, uh, the suspension that your matchbox or corgi cars would have had. You drop the front wheels down and, you, and your car would bounce up and down for a little bit. It's got that mechanism in it. This is highly uh, it's hardly unique in amongst the, uh, the toy lines. It's a great little ship. It's most out of scale for the rest of them, I think, which is his biggest problem. I remember us having having one of these when we were younger, and I, it didn't get a lot of play because it just didn't didn't work with anything. If you got a Luke and three PO, they're not going to fit in that, and it doesn't go with any of the other diecast ships. But it is a it's a nice it's a nice toy. As I mentioned just before, always missing their windshields. Now that just pops out so easily, and quite often the uh, the back engine is snapped off as well. So. And Luke in the driver's seat, and it's great because it's uh, largely British. British-made film. The um, prop, the Landspeeder prop, was based on a British car, wasn't it? So it was a right-hand drive, which is why Luke's Luke's driving there. 
Now, these were all part of Wave 1, weren't they? There was four of them. So you also had the, the X-Fighter in there. Now, we have one of these. Um, I've still got it. It's pretty beat up now. Now, this did a bit more, didn't it? That was good, yeah. It had the uh, the wings pop out into the, the X-Wing fighting action. And the and the cop they they tend, they didn't click into place like the the larger ones where you press R two D two's head in down to sort of uh, to lock it into place and release it. Uh, they just they just sort of hold their shape quite well. And also had an opening cockpit. It was a nice little feature. Not that you could take Luke out or not you meant to take Luke out. But again, that's another issue with this one. Quite often missing missing the cockpit glass. But it's a that's a lovely little toy. And scale wise, still not quite quite right it's another one that looks like it's modeled on the larger ship rather than the um than the actual ship in the film it's got those the proportions are very similar to the three and three quarter inch ship and craig stevens think um pointed this one out that this and is it the bigger one as well i've actually got the red three markings that's right yeah Bix is a Yes, yeah, so you've got the three lines on the wing. I mean, it's it's nice you would say nice things about the website, but there's so much information from from other people out there that research and other people putting in uh, their input. So it's little observations like that which kind of put all the information together. But it is it's a it's a great looking show. I think Luke the the only thing wrong with it probably is the is the Luke figure. It I thought looks a little bit like an orange Bespin guard and uh, doesn't doesn't <laughs> you wouldn't you wouldn't know it was Luke, would you? well no that's very true so continuing on in wave one you've now got the the tie fighter this is a great ship my absolute favorite and it's what i had when i was a kid and it's what got me into collecting die cast now but again it's another one that's modeled on the the three and three quarter inch ship so where the battery compartment is on the back of the larger spaceship which which isn't in the film at all it's a it's a round body in the film um it doesn't have that that bit that sticks out the back the die cast version has the bit that sticks out the back because that's that's how, how you remove the pilot and then oddities of oddity the pilot is darth vader so that's <laughs> to what he's what he's doing in there but it's it's a it's a brilliant ship and then, and again you know, through this process learning about these things so in britain we only have the second issue ship never seen a first issue ship on a, on a palatoy card not that you see many of those anyway the initial ships the wings were very loose on them so in fact they, they actually came with instructions how to you get a pair of pliers and crimp the wings on to get them to be a bit firmer so they redesigned that after a while so that what what looks like um one of those little black ridged lego pieces um sticks out from the body and the, and the wings slot onto those so that the british ones are all like that whilst in america there's a mixture of the two and i've, I've seen uh, plenty of american be surprised when they've seen the later one because they only had the earlier one as as a kid so it's I, that's what i really like about collecting toys is that that history of them and seeing what these these processes are and the changes that they go through absolutely fascinating it's a great ship isn't it it is a we perhaps we will have you back on one day because this is one of your focuses isn't it this it is ship. yeah yeah it's um i'm still one short of uh finishing a carded run the elusive meccano one but it's um it's just it is so accurate uh the scale is right on this one we're talking about the, the although it's modeled on the um the larger toy the wings are much better scaled and uh and they used a whole bunch of these in return of the jedi when they were needing extra models for those uh big big space battle scenes which is just just shows how good it is isn't it you know the actual the toy is accurate enough to feature in the film and then the final ship in wave one is is darth vader's tie fighter which again is scaled down isn't it from the the bigger toy yeah exactly the same so it's got the um 
the bit that sticks out of the back, which you would have the batteries in in the larger toy. So you know batteries here, but that's that's what you grip to remove Darth Vader, who is correctly piloting this one. Uh, and again, I absolutely I do absolutely love this one. I've had it as a as a kid, but the look is is great. It's not it's not very screen accurate. I mean, I for years having had the the three and three quarter inch one as a kid, I was amazed when I saw detailed photos of Darth Vader's TIE fighter and the Power of the Force two line. My kids when they were younger had one of those. And it's got a really solid body. I don't know if you can picture it. So it's got the, the cockpit, but all around it, the support for the wings are quite built up. It's quite it's quite a long body. This is just the normal TIE fighter painted grey with curved wings stuck on it rather than the, uh, the hexagonal uh, flat wings of the TIE fighter. This one also has um, a change, quite an infamous change. The, the first ones, well, they got very close to production line. So the first ones of these had a much smaller wing, which uh, went through. Well, there's, there's examples carded with a smaller bubble on the on the correct card back. So got close to to going out to shops, but was scrapped at the last minute. Someone decided that the, it, it didn't look right. The wings wings weren't proportionately uh, correct. So they uh, they reissued it with these these bigger wings. You can tell the difference between a, a small wing card back and the and the one that was released because in that process Boba Fett came out so the uh, the ones with the small wings on are, are 20 backs without Boba Fett and the ones with the big wings on are 21 backs unless you're in Canada before we move off the Darth Vader TIE fighter here quite an interesting thing you've got down here that some people didn't know I didn't know until I was browsing your website is that this ship was used for the eyes in dark crystal of a character yeah it was one of the, the skexis and again this is um you know this is not my observation i've seen a few people refer to this over the years and um, i suppose the, the one bit of debate is it the darth vader tie or is it a painted gray tie fighter and i i think unless you've got it in hand you're not really going to be able to say the fact that the skexis's eye is gray i would i'm leaning towards it being the darth vader tie but if someone was to tell me no no it's it's the tie fighter that's been painted then I wouldn't argue with them. It's yeah, Skektek the Scientist, and it's. And I remember going to the cinema to see Dark Crystal. Absolutely loved it um, back in the day. I've not seen the, the new series yet, but that's on me on the to watch list. Uh, but it's just it, again, it's just the, the the story behind these toys and the ingenuity of these these people involved with it all. It's just fantastic, isn't it? Um, it and is. All, all the connections. Watch Watch Willow this weekend. I haven't oh. seen that for years. No. And you look at you look at the people on the credits, and it's just the it's just the Star Wars team, isn't it? And it's you know they just they just love it all, really. So moving on to Wave Two, then everyone's favourite ship, Millennium Falcon. It says it's got a lot of features. Arguably, it hasn't really, has it? Doesn't it? Doesn't do a lot. The uh, the radar swivels, the gun swivels, and the the legs go in and out, which is great. But you for sort of play value, part of the legs are handy. But if the radar and the guns didn't swivel, I don't think anyone would mind too much. Again, as an accurate toy, it's far more to scale than the the three and three quarter inch one, where they they obviously had to condense that down. It could be an enormous toy if it was if it was to scale. And so that's what they can do with the die cast line which, which is like, i suppose that's you know talking earlier about being collectors items that's why i suppose they, they they're more movie accurate and that would look good on anybody's shelf whether you're a kid or an adult back in the day what's interesting actually about the early early releases and and the foreign releases of these ones is and there's the die cast line seems to be just full of errors far more so than three and three quarter inch well, obviously there's some classic errors in there fall on and uh, zuckus being a very obvious one but all the well say all the the millennium falcon and the y-wing both came out with this 
this statement on the back of them saying Star Wars excitement with this finely detailed replica of the Empire's largest spacecraft. You know, that's a, that's a quite a big oversight. It was corrected on the Kenner version. The Palatoy didn't yeah, didn't bother. I think they stopped selling them after uh, after a bit, so it just wasn't worthwhile. So it wasn't corrected there. But it, it, again, it adds to the charm, really. It kind of rushing these things out. You can imagine back in the day, Star Wars, quick, quick, get them off the get them off the presses, get them in the shops. No one's checking too closely, are they, for these sort of small details? This was the um, the first ship that came out in the box as well, which I think they display lovely those yeah. the four that come in the boxes like that and in the die cast line it's one where you get the special offers as well so there's there's not a lot apart from packaging changes it's not not a lot extra on the die cast line but the kenner ones came with this special offer where they had these backdrops inserted behind behind the card inside That's so right. you take your ship out and display it in front of a of a nice movie scene um although with the millennium falcon you'd have two millennium falcons in that scene i've actually of, of those that's the only one i've got we had the falcon as children and i always found it ideal because we had the cardboard um death star as well ah, it was the perfect yeah. size to sit in the hangar in there and yeah. fly out if recreating the film but so next up is the y-wing now we start to get some nice features don't we in some of these ships the y-wing is brilliant the main feature on that is the dropping bomb and unfortunately you know with any of these toys that's the thing that gets lost because it gets dropped and, and never seen again but the the engines also remove like the the two tie fighters so you can simulate the battle damage and it just looks beautiful interesting that this one is red paint on it rather than the yellow that the the larger ship used and the larger ship was a does that a, a jedi release was it Empire? It was certainly um, later, than, later than this one anyway. Yeah, I would say Jedi, yeah. I think it was a Jedi one, wasn't it? So so they, um, for some reason, as it was I'm kind of thinking back to the film, they were yellow in the film, the paint on them. So it's it's interesting why they've gone for this red scheme. No idea, but I, I just think it looks beautiful. So it's a fantastic ship. And again, another one you could get in the special offer box with a nice backdrop. And one of my favourites off the line, the Imperial Cruiser. Stunning ship. And again, this had... Probably my favourite little uh, little playability <laughs> with it. Yeah, the sliding hatch underneath with the... I can't... It's apparently it's Tantive, isn't it? I can't say. It's Tantive 4. It'll always be Tantive 4 to me. So yeah. Tantive 4 comes out there. And the only way you could have Tantive 4 as a toy back in the day... And there is a tiny little white ship that just slots in underneath. It doesn't do a lot else. Um, it's just a big metal triangle. But having that little door and the Tantive 4 there... It's a it's a great great feature and another it really does look good that ship it's uh, very screen accurate and as we discussed earlier it's prone to the odd paint chips so finding a nice one can be difficult but I suppose one of the the beauty of of the diecast line is they are quite heavy these ships and if you um they are prone to popping out the bubbles if they're uh, sent too many times in the post. Yeah, so right. you, you do find um fairly frequently ones that have never been played with. That with a with a, a box where either the bubble's fallen off or has broken through. Um, not that so. Recommend <laughs> doing that deliberately, but it's not so hard to find a mint one if you are if you want to yeah, pay a pay a little bit more money for them. I had a horrible experience with a um one of these. I uh, I can remember it was it was Christmas 2014, the first Secret Santa I'd done on the forum, and um, I was at Father's from had a few beers, and we opened up our Secret Santa stand, and I got one of them, and. Uh, as soon as I opened it, I let go of it and I snapped, <laughs> I snapped the little um, the bit on the top off. No, <laughs> things across. I was just like, oh no! And it had it's it's got the tantive in it and everything. I was just like, 
Oh no, <laughs> such a nice example as well. Uh, still ever... got it, but I uh, haven't got around to gluing it yet, but I was just devastated. But I don't think I've ever seen that damage on one, so I think you did well this year. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you wouldn't be able to do yeah. that again if you tried. No. Now, the final ship in Wave 2 was... Well, is the one that seems to be the rarest and is by far the most expensive. And that's the Thai Bomber. Now, I always kind of got the impression it was the last ship released, but that's not, not the case, is it? Why is this so hard to come by? It is hard to come by. I won't say that it's a myth, but it has it has got slightly legendary status. It was an Empire Strikes Back release. So we'll come to it in a minute. There's, there's the Wave 3. They're all Empire Strikes Back releases. But all the Wave, say all, Nearly all the Wave 1s and all the Wave 2s were released on Empire Strikes Packaging. So the Thai bomber in an Empire Strikes Back box is actually... So a a sealed Thai bomber in an Empire Strikes Back box is no rarer than the Falcon, the Y-Wing or the Imperial Cruiser in the same packaging. That's my opinion. That's for me looking for examples of these things. But because they're all released in Star Wars packaging as well, loose... There's loads and loads more of the um, the Y-Wing Falcon and Imperial Cruiser and far fewer TIE Bombers. But to get a mint and box one, an Empire packaging, is actually no harder than the other ones. And so there was there's, there's misinformation out there. So when, before I was putting the, the website together, I'd heard about this this test run, this 75,000 figure. I wanted to know where they're from. You know, I, I do research at work and you've got to have a source. Where's this information come from? The guys on the Star Wars Collector's Archive couldn't remember, and a lot of to and froing. There didn't seem to be a reliable source for that for that random figure. So I've I've kept it on the website because it's out there. But personally, I don't believe it's it's a test run. It was issued to stores across the USA. There's evidence for that. There's there's, there's adverts through various states, not just Ohio, uh, Cincinnati, where the Kenner's uh, uh, offices were, factory. It is rare and it's lovely and that's great, but it's it's not special in that sense. And then when and then when we move on to the wave three ships, they're winding down the wave two ones by that time. So they just you just don't see them anymore. Uh, so yeah, if you, you go out and do a search for Millennium Falcon in an Empire Strikes Back box, I'll wager you'll find fewer for sale than you will tie bombers, because tie bombers are the ones that command a great price, so they send, they tend to change hands a more or a lot more frequently. In terms of the ship, it's another it's another great one. It's movie accurate. The wings remove. The wings are a lot more solid than the um, the smaller ties. So the the pegs holding them on seem that they're, they're no different. They're sort of white, one of those sort of four sided Lego pieces. But they've got a, a better support around the edge for when the, the wings clip on. But another real oddity: this one's piloted by an Imperial stormtrooper in Hoth battle gear. So. <laughs> It's just you know, just pick pick a figure. He'll be the pilot. That's that's the thought going behind it. But yeah, it's a it's a lovely ship. At least they were uh, consistent in their strange choices. Yeah. It's, uh... <laughs> so moving on to way three, like you just said, all ESB ships. Now we've got the cloud car, the twin pod cloud car. Poor sad cloud car. I I love this ship. It's perfectly accurate, but it really doesn't do anything, does it? So we we're talking earlier. Go to any toy show, you see die cast around. There's always a battered cloud car with loose feet. The feet don't stay in or out anymore. But that's his, that's his action feature. has uh, a brown foot that comes out of each pod, and it can either land or take off. And you put put the feet in. But you look compared to the other, the earlier ships, the Wave Three ones. There's a lot more detail. So the the cloud car pilots. 
are actually painted. They've got their black goggles on. The helmets are painted. You can see who they're meant to be. It's a far cry from that that orange Luke Skywalker who's in the who's in the X wing we were talking about earlier. Trying to find a nice mint one of these is very difficult. Despite, do you know what I found? I found quite a few. Uh, well, I say quite a few. We've probably talked three or four at boot fairs the last couple of years. But like you say, they're always um, they're always really badly chipped and had a good older uh, good old time in the past. But so we move on to slave one does this do much are we with these empire ones are we um have they got less features on them than what we'd seen previous um that's a tricky one the this is not so dissimilar to the falcon so the the rear gun swivel and the and the wings is that what they are the wings so when he sort of flies so boba fett sitting upright they can go level they're not they're not weighted like the three and three quarter inch one you've got to move them yourself and it doesn't doesn't have feet to land with like like the falcon but i think arguably they do have fewer features as a whole slave one has guns and wings that move so is is pretty good for this this wave but also again like the cloud car a fantastic version of boba fett detailed paint job you can see who's in there and he's very clear and these i used to see these quite frequently for sale they really have dried up over the last few years i don't know whether that's popularity of boba fett or maybe just die cars get a bit more getting a bit more popular another nice ship personally don't own any but that on an, an ian sanderson gw acrylic stand looks lovely yeah i totally agree and then we get to the final final one of the 11 the rebel armored snow speeder this of the of the wave three this is my my favorite for some reason they've gone back to the the crappy orange figures with no paint job on on the pilot, so it was uh, Luke and uh, Dak, wasn't it, as the as That's the, the gunner? Yeah. The only feature being the the swivel, the rotating harpoon gun. But for scale and accuracy, and we did as kids, I had kids up the road that had a couple of atats, and the diecast snow speeder was great. A bit like you parking your Falcon in the Death Star, they were great for flying through atats' legs. The scale. Yeah was far better um and just a, just a lovely little ship another one that's tough to find without any any paint chips not not as hard as the uh, cloud car but you know getting an absolute pristine one is is still fairly difficult is there any evidence of any kind of plans to continue the line and what they were going to bring out or was it like literally drawn a line over not that i'm aware of so with um as you'll you'll come to in a later show with the micro collection there were you know there's there's lots of sort of production quality figures that go with later sets that that close to being produced there's designs for return of the jedi sets the die cast that just seem to have just we've got these three ships out assume they're peg warmers right let's call it a day we just concentrate on the uh, on the three and three quarter inch figures but yeah i'd love if any um if any photos or plans for other stuff in the empire range or even return of the jedi if that, if that was out there i'd love to see it but i don't i don't think it is um and and what's telling as well and a little bit like the um the larger ships you can you can tell how how popular line is by its packaging so it's just talking about the wave two ships on empire packaging being really hard to find you know they, they were they were winding those up the land speeder never i've seen a pre-production photo of of a mock-up of a land speeder on an empire card but there doesn't seem to be one that was produced although they did the um the x-wing and the tie fighter it's kind of well the land speeder's got nothing to do with empire strikes back let's drop this one from the line maybe, maybe the scale came into that as well and i suspect that if it had run on any longer if there was a return line of toys then we would have we would have not seen the snow speeder or the cloud car 
anymore. We might have still seen Slave 1 just because Boba Fett's so popular. So let's move on to licenses. Now, obviously you've touched on certain things already, but you show on your site four, six, eight, nine different licenses to have them. So let's just go through them quickly. So you've got Kenner. All 11 were released via Kenner. Kenner, Canada. So so straight away, the Tide Bomber is only released on Kenner. Is that correct? Yep, that's correct. Okay, so the most that anyone's going to have is 10. So on the Kenner, Canada... You get 10 on Kenner Canada, good run there. What you don't get with, with Canada is the as many card variations. So with the licensees, much like the three and three quarter inch line, Canada, sorry, Canada, Kenner <laughs> United States, they keep changing the card backs just like the, like the bigger toys. Kenner Canada do that for, the, um, for wave one. And then it it fizzles it fizzles out. They don't for the uh, for the Empire ones. What you see is what you get. You don't get all the Wave One ships on the Empire cards like you do with uh, the United States of America. General Mills, which we're just going on to. That's that's a tough. I mean, it, it is a it is a licensee. So these are these are sold in Germany. They are the Kenner cards, but they have this bluey green circular sticker uh, in in one of the corners i've seen them with just the stickers as a a circle some of them you can see sort of a perforation with a sort of larger difficult to describe a sort of uh, off rectangle stuck on the side of it as well and that's just got the general mills address in in germany there so basically they import a load of um, kenner cards probably from britain but it could be from America. I suspect it is from Britain because we have them here. Uh, and then they just stick this sticker on them. Can you just tell me the word, what the word says that's underneath Deutsch? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, yeah, second language, German. That would be Zweigneiderslassung. Uh, what does that mean? Uh, well, yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Are all the ships being found with this sticker on? Are they all available? No. The Twin Pod Cloud Car... And off the top of my head, I think it's a slave one. I don't think the um, the snowspeeder's been found on that. So I suspect the snowspeeder does exist with the sticker on, but I've not seen an example of it. So if anyone's listening out there that has one and wants to send in a photo, I would love to see it. And then we move on to Palatoy. So, so Palatoy is the next largest amount of ships are on Palatoy. So we've got all Wave 1 and all Wave 2. Um, there is another licensee that also has that, which we'll come to in a minute. But Palatoy is interesting because they don't vary the card backs at all. So Wave 1, they're all 12 backs, including the Darth Vader TIE Fighter, which was a later release, even though it's Wave 1, as a later release in America. Uh, and we'll come to Harbour in a minute. And so it gets a 12-back card in Britain for some reason. And then we've got the three Wave 2 ships, the Falcon, the Y-Wing, and the Imperial Cruiser. And then they, they stop after that. But we did have a plentiful supply of Wave 3 ships in Britain. So we had the, the Cloud Car, Snowspeeder, and Slave 1 were all sold here on Kenner cards. We didn't have an import sticker added on to that. Uh, but they, yeah, they're just as plentiful as the uh, the earlier releases. And then we're on to Takara, so we're over to Japan now. Now, are you going to get me to try and pronounce any of this <laughs> stuff as well? You? <laughs> I might do in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> now, now in Japan, obviously, for each movie, the the license changed with the toys. You had Takara, Poppy, and then uh, Sakuda. Mm-hmm. So, what happened? Did did Takara just release the first wave, or was it? Did they keep yeah. the license? Takara released the first wave and then lost the license. So, like um, again on the three and three quarter inch, you see um, Takara first twelve, and then Return of the Jedi Sakuda. I'm not sure what happens. Empire Strikes Back, 
back in uh, in, in licensee terms in Japan because they own the only ships you can get carded are the are the first three of Wave One. So you can't get Darth Vader's Tie Fighter. You can get the Land Speeder Tie Fighter and X Wing. Now they do do a lot of other diecast ships, which at some point I will write an article on uh, for the website. So I've got these these Zetka Zetka. Yeah, that's right. Which are also Takara, but um, but a diff- totally different scale again and different toy and and not released anywhere else and you might have seen uh not quite transformers but getting towards that line r2d2 and x-wing fighters that shoot shoot rockets and they're just there's a bit more to them again they've got these sort of variants on a theme which uh yeah is a whole whole nother ball game which presumably it'd be a good uh, if we can get an expert in on those to uh have another uh, edition of diecast on the podcast yeah definitely an area to to look at that's right so returning back to europe the next one we have is clipper now, now, I, I think clipper's the hardest to find again like takara you can only get three ships on Clipper, uh, the first three from Wave One: Landspeeder, X-Wing, and Tie Fighter. The Tie Fighter is surprisingly common. I see those pop up all the time, and uh, and I do wonder. And I didn't mention this with Takara, but you see a lot of Takara in Britain as well. Tie Fighters, and I do wonder if the demand for Tie Fighters back in the day was higher than the other ships, so they were getting overstocked from elsewhere sent in. And they just they seem to be quite plentiful here. Um, they are more plentiful in general. Whether that's you know whether that's collectors bringing them in over here or whether they were originally imported over here, I don't, I don't know. Again, it'd be interesting if anyone remembers buying a Clipper or Takara off the shelf back in the day. But past the Tie Fighter, I don't think I've ever seen a Land Speeder or an X-wing for sale. They uh, certainly not in in the UK. Very rare, hard to find. Uh, they're the release in the Benelux countries. So Belgium, Netherlands and Luxembourg and uh, certainly amongst the, the Belgium collectors there's a lot of people on the lookout for these it's it's their childhood and they're really tough to find is the clipper is their logo printed on the card like you got on like the 12 inch figures or is it more wrapped around sticker like we no, saw on no it's printed. It's, yeah, printed it's printed all the licensees on the card backs are printed unless it's an import sticker at the top like the General Mills that we've discussed or another licensee, which we'll come to in a minute. Yes, so we move on to Harbert. Again, this is just, just wave one, just the three again, is it? Or is Darth Vader tie no, available? So it's not, so it's not got as many as Palatoy, so we haven't got the wave two with Harbert, but we do have the Darth Vader tie, so it's the next most plentiful for the European countries to, to Palatoy. Darth Vader tie is very hard to find, which makes me think that you know the plug was pulled not long after after it was released, and there's plenty of Darth Vader focus collectors out there that give their eye teeth for um, a Harbert carded Darth Vader tie. See the one on the website, it's a very crude reseal. I've seen that for sale for twice twice in the last well since this website was done was that four years ago now is it five years god time flies but certainly last four years i've I've only seen one for sale and i've seen it come up for sale twice and that's that, that one on the on the website but interestingly the other ships seem to be released on 12 and 21 backs which is unusual. I haven't got examples of all of them. The Land Speeder definitely is on both. I assume, assume the others are. They're quite rare. Land Speeder seems to be a relative. I think the X-Wing is probably the rarest of those three. Land Speeder, relatively common. And much like the Clipper tie that we're just talking about, the uh, the Harbert tie seems to be the most common. You see those quite 
regularly. So it's the Cassia tie. Caccia tie, is it maybe? An Italian. Yeah, I was just looking at the names there. For... I can do the I can do the land speeder for you, Stu. My Italian's pretty good there. The hovercraft <laughs> scooter. <laughs> can you do Darth Vader's tie for me? So let's give that a go. That's the Caccia tie di Lord Darth Fenair. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah, languages were never, never. I got an extra PE lesson at school rather than doing two languages. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's uh, they are lovely, aren't they? The twelve back card with the um, final cape jar as well as so kind of stands out a bit like the French Meccano cards. And it's a great, it's a great logo. And what's what's particularly nice about Harbour is that the Star Wars is translated as well. So we've got Gare Stellari. Yeah. Uh, whilst a lot of the others keep the um, the English text, so I think it's nice seeing the. Uh, it's something that looks different, isn't it? And, uh, it is. It is. So we head over to Australia. You got you got the Toll Toys lineup. Toll Toys is probably it's probably on a par with Clipper. I probably might have seen slightly more of these around, but I don't know if it's the same ones changing hands. But that's another one where we just get the first three ships of Wave 1, Land Speeder, X-Wing Fighter, TIE Fighter. No translation issues here, and a nice Toll Toys logo up in the top right of the of the card. Doesn't seem to be any, unlike Harbour, doesn't seem to be any uh, difference in the card back. So we just get the 12-back one with the um, with the Jawa, which reminds me, actually, that there is a, there is a another slight difference between some of these all of them so they they, they advertise the the kid size action toys on the back for the 12 backs you got hand solos blaster the stormtrooper rifle and a yellow lightsaber for some reason i didn't mention it we just talked about it but takara changed the color of that lightsaber to red why that is why why they would do that it was that's a that's effort isn't it there's effort where it doesn't need to be there so it's whether yellow lightsaber so had some unfortunate connotation in japan i don't know yeah their ones are red but yeah so not not much to say about the Australian cards, very similar. Uh, there was a recent, there was a recent discovery with a, I think it was a Kenner front. No, it was a Harbour front and a Toll Toys back, which was very odd. Totally uh, legit, hasn't been tampered with or anything. I think, yeah, I think it is legit. We've, we've seen, I say it's, I was again saying that very confidently, it was Harbour. I think it was Harbour, possibly Kenner, it was a year or so ago, to double, double check my records. But it did look legit, but it was certainly two, two different countries mash up with a Toll Toys back. Didn't change hands for a big premium. It's one of those sort of accidental finds of the person that had it. Uh, and we've and there's um, another example, not Toll Toys, but I think the source was, was Singapore. Uh, and I know that there's, there's a connection between the Australian market Market and Singapore, where there's a Star Wars, I can't remember, it's an X-Wing, yeah, Star Wars fronted X-Wing with an Empire Strikes back, back. So there's clearly some disconnect between the printing of the front of these cards and the printing of the back. Uh, and I, I don't know enough about the, the factory process, but arguably they're print. You know, the different countries are printed in one factory and then shipped off, and so you get some some mix-ups every now and then. Now, the final license you've got is Meccano. Now, Meccano churned out most Star Wars toys, but these aren't the same as what you expect from Meccano, are they, as a card? No. Again, they're very, very strange, actually, from what you say, because Meccano did do everything, and um, they didn't produce their own Meccano diecast cards. So they just did the first three again, uh, TIE Fighter, Landspeeder, and X-Wing, um, and these are, these are very, I mean, as we'll come to in a minute, they are the Clipper cards with a Meccano import sticker in the top right corner. I've already said I think Clipper is, is the rarest ones out there. So to find a Clipper 
with an import sticker on is even harder. Very few examples out there. There's been I've seen a few on Facebook for sale, Landspeeder. We see more than others, but when the samples are two or three, you know, we're not talking not talking a lot. In fact, Jason Joyner bought a Landspeeder along to farthest from Christmas before last, I think. So it's nice nice seeing one in the flesh. But I yeah, I don't don't own one of these and would love to. Yeah, you you really need one for your focus, mate. I think the um, and going back to what I was just talking about, I think it was it rather than saying it was Ken with the um, the Toll Toys back. It was Meccano Clipper front and Toll Toys back. That was the, uh, the right. Connection so a bit there. of everything going on here. Yeah. Um, so I mean, it could it could be faked, but it, it would be an odd one. Uh, and my gut feeling is it's it's genuine. Were these were the Clipper and the Toll Toys printed in the same factory would be the the obvious answer. There's not really a lot of difference between the card backs. We shall see, but yeah, these are very rare, and I yeah, I'd love to own one. So, just want to whiz through the the card back. What there was, you you've touched on them, but maybe if we can, if people do want to know the card backs, there's a, a terrific matrix on your website. So go and check out that. We'll put a link to that uh, the matrix and the website in all our um, on all our social media. But was there diecast mailaways? There were. They're um, they're a bit of a minefield. They they seem to be. What's it, they're the mailaways and they're American or Canadian, uh, so, as in the United States of America, and the various department stores they had there, so JCPenney, Sears, that kind of thing. The there is they, they, there seems to be a difference in rarity, and as I say on the website, there's, this is a quite a specialist area being in the UK and not not having access to to all this. It's slightly outside my comfort zone, but essentially the JCPenney ones seem to be the most common, and there's there's two waves. So you get the first boxes just have serial numbers on the front that don't say what's in the box, don't even say Star Wars. Uh, and and if you get one of those, it comes with a Star Wars mini catalogue advertising the toys. Uh, and then there's the second wave where they actually write on the box uh, what's in there and the brilliant quality control. Yeah, again, at Kenner, they can't even spell Star Wars right. It's a Star War diecast X-Men fighter, TIE fighter, land speeder, take your pick. And that comes in with the um, the second issue uh, Star Wars mini catalogue, which has a, has a pink stripe across it from, uh, from, from memory. There is, and this is where this is where I get a little bit vague, I think for the Sears ones, the writing on the box is slightly different. Um, I've not, most of the ones I've seen, I've got the standard text that uh, some of the JCPenney ones. So someone feel free to correct me if the Sears ones also have that text. But um, I've got a land speeder, which understand to be Sears. So much larger printed numbers, no writing on that one. And then there's there's other ones as well. And ones, I mean, these are, these are pr- pretty rare. So I've seen, so the, the mailaways continue throughout the line. So uh, there's a, a folded, carded pod, uh, cloud car, actually, folded and put in a box and sold as a mail away whilst the ones i've just been talking about all come wrapped in tissue paper that's the uh, packaging i'm not sure how you tell what's original tissue paper and what isn't that's that's a skill for someone out there i certainly couldn't tell you but so there's there's a there's a whole load of stuff out there that's a job for another day picking (laughs) picking that all apart i would very much like to do it canada also had mail aways and I've not found any examples of those at all. That's just chatting to Canadian collectors saying, "Yeah, yeah, we had those sim- similar boxes." So um, yeah, I do need to do need to work on that job for another day. Yeah, sounds an interesting area still to think. And then so and the card backs, you're talking. Um, I think you've already mentioned a lot of it. You got twelve backs, twenty-one backs on Star Wars card. Um, 
you've got you've got seven backs or you've got them known as a seven back is it yeah it was, it was it was it was really difficult to um I mean, I, and i do em- i'm not to envy um i envy the simplicity of the carded figures but i don't envy the numbers i mean i actually had quite an easy job of it as you started off with we've only got 11 ships you know that's that's that yeah. in terms of matrices that's a fairly easy one to compile so i had to come up with a way of differentiating so i saw, i wanted to stick to the um the the same kind of system as jason's done for the palatoy matrix and kellerman had done for uh the the kenner kenner carded and so the first ones that came out so the, the star wars 12s uh, we've got the 12a and the 12b it was another quality control thing that that the difference is the, the land speeder image is is mirrored on the 12a that's the only one that really exists for Every, everything else is is the card wasn't changed but they have 12 they have the 12 figures the first 12 figures on the back so that's why they're the the, the star wars 12 a's and b's because they've got 12 figures on the the 21 backs are, is exactly the same as so it mirrors the, the three and three quarter inch we've got the figures on the back um and we've got boba fett making it up to 21 the canadian um cards don't don't have him so for the um for the 12s go up to the 20 but that's that's dealt with as a on the canadian page rather than on the card back variations but then yeah as you say we go up to the sevens and then we're talking the ships so for wave one they show figures on the back for wave two which so that's the y-wing millennium falcon and imperial cruiser they then start advertising what other die car ships you can get on the back so so that's why it's a seven seven back and they're and they're on the boxes so it's a box that shows image of what the ship does its action features and then it's got the the seven ships underneath and in, interestingly the they haven't even got the actual images of the wave two ships they've got um sort of polystyrene style prototypes uh, so when you look at the millennium falcon on those it's it's very crude the <laughs> the next next one so they i, I talked about that error before the Calling the Falcon and the Y-wing, the Empire's largest spaceship, largest spacecraft. They correct that, but not bef- that's they do the special offers first, and uh, their special offers do intrigue me. Uh, so it's almost like the special offer is to try and shift more in a line, isn't it? So they, they obviously think that they're not selling enough at the time. They put these backdrops in them, try and shift a few more, but they haven't corrected the error on the back. Right. And that, yeah. And that is a that's a sticker. That's a sticker that goes across the. Um, they then correct the uh, the writing for the seven B. So it's still they're all the same box, but the, the there's now Han Solo's Millennium Falcon spaceship and the Rebel spacecraft used to attack the Death Star for the Y wing. So they they've corrected that. And then just to confuse it even further, the next one we get is thirty one back, and we're back to back to having figures. Could have stuck with the number of diecast spaceships on the back. But because um, it's predominantly advertising the figure line, it, it seemed to make sense. But everything after that is based on on all eleven ships. Probably could have done with someone a bit more logical working alongside me. Maybe there was an easier way to uh, distinguish between them. Just out, you know, you know, we get with the, with the figures. There's an awful lot of reproductions. Do you get many reproduction parts come on the market? Have they people remade like they do? They do. I wouldn't say there's many. Um, it's it's not something that's that's blighted 
the hobby in the way that reproduction weapons have with the figures. So the I've found there's there's a few people selling reproductions on on eBay, and I bought a set of of some just so I could have them in hand, so I could compare them and see how how easy they were to tell. But the things like the land speeder screen was was pretty good. Y wing bomb was pretty good but you could you could tell in hand but things that they do reproduction darth vaders for the tie fighter and the darth vader tie fighter really yeah uh, and but they they were really obvious because the the colors are the colors are wrong so where in the original ones the the pulley out bits gray and the um and darth vader's black and and slides slides onto that it was um it, it, there's a slight slight variation so um He's got like a black. There's a black ring around Darth Vader, which is an instant tell. But there are there are other makers of reproductions out there who I suspect have corrected these. Um, I mean, it's once you have these things in hand, it's like the weapons. Once you have them in hand, you can normally tell by feel. They're just the, the plastic isn't isn't the same as vintage plastic. Uh, I've not seen any reproduction metal for the actual diecast parts. Uh, I suppose one of the other things to watch out for is, particularly with the Thai bombers, fetches a lot of money, the whitening. So we've seen that with stormtroopers yeah. and, and some of the ships. Uh, people do try and pop off the yellowed bits of the Thai bomber and whiten that. And again, uh, I, I, I bought uh, a partial Thai bomber relatively recently, and I suspect that's one that's been that's been whitened because the, the yellowed front bit next to the the cockpit with the stormtrooper in it's kind of kind of powdery to the feel it's for start it's white which is an instant tell because they nearly all are slightly yellow so it's white but it's got this sort of powdery powdery texture which which seems a tell to me i've not i've not knowingly uh, had a, a white and stormtrooper to compare it with so i don't know if, if the same kind of thing has happens with the plastic there it's not a major concern i think the cockpit glass you do need to be a bit careful the main difference between the the reproduction and the original is air bubbles in the um in the glass that i've seen i suspect with the with 3d printing some of the other bits might get better over time but at the moment i wouldn't be overly concerned if you're trying to put together a loose run of uh, of diecast I'm, I'm i'm quite surprised there's so many reproductions actually i get the windscreen shield and that but i wouldn't have thought many of the pilots were missing for the tires and whatnot they do they, they get a bit they get a bit loose um and do fall out but the cost of buying the reproduction parts is on a par with an original one anyway and i don't it doesn't really seem to make a lot of sense to me and they're not we talked talked earlier that they are rarer than the um the figures fewer were made but there's still plenty around if you want um, a complete land speeder tie fighter or x-wing you can find one without much effort you don't need to to put a reproduction part in there you know i'm not not here to talk about the rights and wrongs of of reproduction that's uh you know as far as i'm concerned that's someone else you know that's your own call i've got my opinions on it but there's no there's no need to in my mind you can you can find original pretty easy at the same price as reproduction anyway these were all sold in display bins weren't they the American ones were. I don't think we had bins over here. Um, certainly, none of the photos I've seen show the bins. Um, and I've, I've got two headers and a bin myself, and both sourced from America. And again, talking to other collectors, I think that's where 
where theirs came from. But the headers um, for the bins also follow the same same pattern as the the toys. So it's a it's a wave one bin and header. So land speeder, tie fighter, and X wing. Uh, and then the Darth Vader tie is released shortly after, so still included in in Wave One. So they update the uh, the header to include the Darth Vader tie. It's exactly the same image. They've just shoehorned a Darth Vader tie in, chasing an X-wing over Tatooine, so they can uh, so they can show the land speeder as well. And then they just change the color of the text on, on to make it a little bit different. And as as we see with the carded figures. And um, and also the, the die cast when they go to twenty one backs the die cast lose their the long play logo because I assume <laughs> kids parents were sending stuff back so it's broken it's not long play so they uh, they they start taking that off uh, and the and the header's no different so it's still Kenner but no long play I've never yeah I've never seen a palatoy or a box and header from from a different country. No. Uh, there is this, this is where I've seen the, the that mock up of an Empire Strikes Back land speeder. They've never I've never seen one out there in the wild, so I assume it was just done done for a photo in an Empire Strikes Back bin. But again, never never actually seen that, and I don't know whether the the bin was actually updated in the shops um, when the header was updated. So when the when the the Tie Fighter was added. Did they update the bin? There is an image that shows uh, a second, uh, a second issue header with a different bin. But and this is something I've only just realised talking to you, Stu. The the Darth Vader Tie Fighter is in a different position, and the writing's still yellow. So I wonder whether this is even you know this is this is just mocked up for this image, like the Empire Strikes Back one, and almost certainly wasn't in the shops because I've, I've never heard anyone talk of this uh, this second issue bin something else for you to go and investigate yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> never ended mate never ended to me since since i came back into collecting seven eight years ago the the prices of die cast haven't risen massively it's gone up a bit but not like the rest of the hobby i was just looking on tracker today to see what the averages were and you know you, you go you go through them the carded you know, the average land speeder, 138, X-Wing, 110, TIE Fighter, 125. The Vader tie, the average on there is, he's got it down at £73. So yeah. they're, they're, they're still very, very good prices, you know? They are, they are, yeah. And if you're, and in America, I'd say it's even cheaper still. The, it seems to be, just for me, watching sales, $100 for, you know, not a mint, mint condition, but a decent 7 or 8 maybe. Uh, X-wing, Tie Fighter, or Land Speeder, you can, you can still get them. They do seem to be a little bit more expensive here, uh, but but great value. And there do seem to be loads of Kenner Darth Vader Tie Fighters, and that so that was interesting actually. That the tracker figure there is seventy three pounds. Uh, they slightly it's a slightly bigger ship. Do they get battered a bit more? I don't know. In fact, actually, I need to upgrade mine. It's, uh, it's got a big sticker tear on it, but and I've been looking for a decent one for a for a long time and, and never never quite found one worth upgrading to. So to find them in in pristine condition is difficult. But they um, but yeah, they're certainly they're certainly good value. The boxed ships being a bit harder to find. So the Wave Two, I've seen a rise in those. So certainly ten years ago you could get a Kenner Falcon or Y-Wing for probably a sim, maybe like £100, maybe a little bit more. 
certainly seem to be paying 150 200 these days for those uh, and then for the for the rarer different licensees they they're the ones that seem to have the biggest change so i think 10 years ago a bit more there were fewer people collecting diecast and not necessarily interested in those foreign lines as much you know get the story of collecting the three and three quarter inch figures that was back in the day no one was interested in trilogo or palatoy this um we just want the, the kenner stuff the original fast forward 20 years or so it's a completely different story it's the other stuff that's fetching the the high money and diecast seems to be going a little bit that way but still still not comparable i mean that's, that's again that's why i love it if you you want to get a harbor carded figure what's that going to set you back five hundred thousand pounds something like that yeah quite um, easily, yeah. yeah yeah it's much less than that for diecast condition as long as you're not condition sensitive you can still get sealed harbor tie fighters for a couple of hundred quid uh, it's um it's it's good value well, i was looking at the um if you were getting into diecast in order to put together a loose run even that on tracker now i know tracker may well have i don't know what the condition of the ships is so it might have to be taken into account the things you know because like the falcon for example and uh, there were 60 odd sales on there um, the high highest value one sold was 65 quid the lowest was a pound so you know condition i, I know is gonna gonna alter that but the average 65 the ships, seems, 65 seems a lot to me but I, it is the, a- the average one. for the falcon was was 13 pound to be honest with you they're all between like 10 to 15 pound apart from the only ones that were particularly more expensive Darth Vader's tie loose was around the 25 pound mark yep, average Y wing was about twenty pound. Again, I don't know whether that includes the bomb, whether that's bringing the price, the average price down on there. I think I think it is. Yeah, I think twenty pounds for a Y wing with a bomb that seems a very good deal. I would thought thirty thirty five for one with a bomb, similar to the cruiser actually. So cruiser with the um, with Tantive four is going to be the the thirty plus. Without, I would have thought you can get those for ten fifteen because it's because they're quite plentiful. But actually getting one with a little spaceship in, that's tough to do. It's obviously the tie bomber is the thing that uh, kicks the price up. The... And that and that has that has jumped in price. So when I was, I'm, <laughs> I regret this a lot, when I was starting collecting uh, carded figures and things back in around 2006, I, I bought a few die cast ties back then. But I wasn't really looking at tie bombers, and uh, yeah, I didn't. I wasn't thinking of putting together a full run of of diecasts at that time. But I did want a tie bomber, and at that time, you could get them for around about sixty quid. Cool. This back in two thousand and six, tie bomber was sixty quid. But I wanted, and I haven't changed at all now. Exactly the same with other things like this. But I wanted one for fifty pounds. I didn't want to pay sixty; I wanted to pay fifty. And so I just kept passing and passing and passing. Fast forward. What's that? Fourteen years? They've got to be what three hundred loose now, something like that. Well, that, that's what's quite interesting. So, on Tracker for the last year in 2019, they've only got four loose recorded on here. Now, there's three in America: one at 175, one at 203, and one at 239. Okay. But there's one in Britain, which was sold in January this year, and that sold for 447, which pushes the average up. So, it's saying the average is two 266. Okay. on here that's like because yeah, i see them sell on facebook relatively frequently and 300 there seems to be a going rate 
but it doesn't surprise me at all. Facebook is more expensive than eBay. It's a fact. It doesn't matter what anybody says on, on Facebook. You pay more there than you than you would uh, on the auction yeah. site. So actually, that's quite nice to know that you can you can get them for the couple of hundred mark if you keep watching. I mean, I was I I did get a loose tie bomber in the end and and didn't pay much for it at all. But its its wings are glued on. But that for for three hundred, that used to be the price for a boxed one, a sealed boxed one. Yeah, well, there's only there's only one box one in the last twelve months on on here, and that sold for six hundred and seven pound. Okay, so that's not that's not changed much then at all. I remember farthest from five six years ago, six hundred. One there's one there about six hundred. I've seen them go for around the thousand pound mark on on Facebook for very nice examples. I don't think anyone should really be paying more than that, but they've got because it's got that legendary status they put the carded figure values excuse me carded figure values onto the um the die cast and factor up and it, it it's just not worth it six six hundred for a box one sounds like a good price and a sensible yeah. price to me to, to be fair i've just i've just pushed that back so it takes in an extra two years so the last three years if you're taking the last three years sales the average for the box has gone up to 741 and a loose just short of 300 294 so perhaps is that is that, sent, is that kind of indicating then that there's a there's a been that frenzy of people buying stuff after force awakens yeah maybe a slight of, drop we've seen it on across other toys lines yeah. haven't we maybe just a little bit of a dip but i don't think too much on the type bomb i did i did add it up if you went with the average prices off of tracker for the last year to put together a full complete loose run you're talking about £410. Bargain, isn't it? It is, but I, I'm not sure. Like I said to you, I think some of those loose prices may be about £10 light on some of them. Yeah, it doesn't seem Yeah, it didn't seem too far off to me. I was, I was chatting to a fellow collector, I won't mention names, uh, fathers from this uh, this Christmas, who just put together a sealed Palatoy carded run, and that was off the top of my head for about 900 because he was asking me what I, I thought a carded run should cost uh, that's the wave one ships so not the box ones so the uh, from the land speeder to darth vader tie and independently came up with exactly the same figure if you think that's probably one 12 back figure is it yeah if you're lucky yeah. you can get you get all four carded ships about the cost of a, a 12 back figure give or take they are tough to find the tie tie seems to have dried up quite a lot and the the darth vader tie is really scarce these days but they do come up from time to time I think there's there's a Darth Vader tie on eBay at the moment for a couple of thousand, if not more. Um, that's that's way too much for a Palatoy one of those. But so it's, yeah, it's 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 good value, fun and good value, Stu. What <laughs> what more can be said? Exactly, exactly. But yeah, you're talking about Palatoy. I've just I've just done that on the last three search. The Tie Fighter on a Palatoy on Tracker. He's only got one recorded in the last three years. 400 was it around there that sort of mark no no just under 200 quid that one but whether where that's been picked up i have no idea but um that was in may 2017 so that's kind of um peak interesting isn't it i do wonder if we we'll, might see a few few people losing the bug the further we get away from the films and um, be interesting wouldn't it? so that's a discussion for another day um we'll start seeing some of these scarcer things whether it be the figures or the die car ships appearing um, back on the market, I suspect there's a lot of people with these these things locked away. And we might... Yeah, I just I just wonder when you know Force Awakens obviously went crazy, but whether 
some people have got too much money invested in it and people won't pay the money that maybe they priced i don't know yeah it's uh whether they'll they'll take a a loss on it but time will tell won't we we will see and at at the moment you know as as you just said when when there's only one palatoy tie fighter on tracker if one does come up to sale in an auction there's going to be a lot of people that want it so you know i Four hundred in my head as a sort of reasonable price for one. It could go for much more. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Um, time will tell. Please check out the website. What is the website again, Andy? It is www.vintagestarwarsdiecast.co.uk. It's fantastic. It's lots of images on there. The cardback matrix. Um, it's got all the toys. Write-ups about the toys. The licenses. It's got some featured articles which are brilliant on there as well, which is well worth going to check out. Bits around. Um, Colin Cantwell, the concept artist. We haven't touched on anything like that. So go and check all that out because it is a, it is fantastic. Put all our links all into our uh, social media. So make sure you check out Facebook, Instagram and Twitter by searching Generation Skywalker. You can email us at generationskywalker at gmail.com. Check out the YouTube channel. Again, just search Generation Skywalker and visit the website at generationskywalker.com. Andy, thank you so much for joining us. Really do appreciate it. Thanks, Stu. It's um, it's a pleasure, uh, and good luck with a new venture in this podcast. I'm sure it's going to be a big success. And uh, and I've just got to also say, you know, thanks to you for challenging me to do the website in the first place. Um, you know, when I think when you had me on the Vintage Rebellion podcast, that's you know that was it was you saying do this, and also all the other diecast collectors out there who you know I, I really couldn't have done this on my own um there's so much information out there and that's the why it was why it was created in the first place i wanted to know what card backs i could find tie fighters on and there was no source so by by the community getting together fronting it here made the website but yeah there's a lot of information from a lot of people that's gone into making this so thanks to all of them yeah it's uh, to be honest with you andy i know you, you you've said it a couple of times and like, oh, i couldn't have done this without this person but you've taken the information and you've put it together and whenever I need to know anything about diecast, I've, I've worked on TVR for five and a half years. All right, this hasn't been launched yet, but we've been working behind the scenes for six months. Every time you need something diecast, you go to this site and it's it's on there. So it's a great resource for anybody that's needing that. So, uh, yeah, thank you for the uh, time and effort you've put into it. It's, it is appreciated. Cheers, Stu.